0: Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, and we're gonna be talking about a wide variety of things, but especially matchback analysis at the very end. Uh, but I think it's gonna be a fun show and in the spirit of you probably haven't seen this commercial <laughs> uh, Oh my goodness gracious sakes. Anyway, there's a Berlin, a brand of Berlin beer, Burlo, B-R-L-O. And apparently there's also a commercial for Calvin Klein underwear that uh, the, the star, Jeremy Allen White, the star of The Bear, which is a, a show about a, a young man who inherits a f- sort of failing restaurant in chicago and is doing his best to try to to try to make it better and fighting change and we're going to be talking about that too a little bit with royal mail um but anyway let's just dive in and i'll have a little sip of coffee and then we'll be on our way right he's walking across a building at the in the berlin skyline There's and yes yeah, you're cute but really i know uh, and This guy's supposed to be more relatable for this beer. I, I only use the word beer because they do. It's non alcoholic. <laughs> Eventually he gets rid of even his tidy whities. <laughs> You've never seen this one before, I betcha. Burlow, naked beer. Drink naked, it says. Alcohol free beer. German Berlin attitude. <laughs> oh, God. You know, somebody got paid to do that. Got paid to to film that star in it write that Uh, i i don't understand i just don't understand the world that that well as we as you well know but i thought i would share that with you because it is from amy houston and uh i always think highly of her berlin spoofs the viral jeremy allen white calvin klein idea okay well anyway so the bear actor has been replaced by a stocky, redheaded fellow who takes the city by storm. Very hairy. He looks more like a bear than Jeremy Allen White. Um, does that sell beer? I have no idea. That's enough of that. Royal Mail could save $650 million a year by moving to a three-day-a-week service. And one of the things I wondered about was, would you rather have me do a three day a week uh, a three day a week or would you not let's see yeah uh, I was trying to I was trying to see if there's anybody in chat so you can comment but my chat thingy isn't working at the moment I'm trying to reboot it let's see if it works now it might work now yeah now it seems to be working so comment would you rather see me do higher quality if there is such a thing? <laughs> for what i do i don't know if i could do higher quality just because i only do it three days a week doesn't mean it's going to be any better i could do it once a week i would have probably better articles but who knows what resonates and what doesn't that's very very difficult to say every day <laughs> david Foley said. way to go david see we got this actually working the way it's supposed to which is really crazy um and i got a whole treasure chest in the mail yesterday i got from from uh from canada post i got a, a a magazine called insight i think it is and it's just full of case studies that seem to be actually well done so we're going to do a whole series on canada post in the next few days but it was out in my car this morning and so i forgot <laughs> I forgot to use it now it's in my briefcase so we're re- really better off okay so anyway uh royal mail said they could save a bunch of money by doing it three days a week and dropping saturday maybe I don't know if that's included in the 650 million or that's uh or there's another 200 million on top of that. We're getting near on a a, a billion pounds, which is, still doesn't get anywhere near the losses of the US Postal Service, but anyway, it's uh it was an idea. I think it's always good to look into it. The the comments from the the uh the members of parliament and the un, the mail workers union and things were we're really stunning. Uh consumer polling said 88% of respondents said it was said reliability was important for letter deliveries. Okay? Compared with 58% who said a Saturday service was important. Yeah. I don't ever check the mail on Saturday, pretty much. We don't have Saturday service at the office here, as far as I can tell. Um, I don't think we do. Uh which just shows you how little I notice. Um and that's down about 10% from uh 2020 when 63% said they that they didn't that they thought Saturday service was important so it's getting less to, less and less important the government was absolutely committed to ensuring that the USO not sure what exactly USO is in relation to Royal Mail some of you Brits could explain that to me um but Anyway, Royal Mail said they don't want to to switch. Uh, It says that we've... But the chief executive of Royal Mail's parent company, International Distribution Service, which is another three-letter word, IDS, uh, has been calling for the government uh, to tackle this issue. While other countries have grasped the opportunity to change, the UK is left behind. There's a lot of discussion about dropping Saturday letter deliveries, but but as other countries have shown, there's a range of options to consider. Okay, uh, USO, according to uh, the Labour MP Liam Byrne, said USO was unsustainable and again I don't know what USO means they had a good christmas but they didn't give out bonuses the workers union said we're not resistant to change but we did not sign up to a 3 day universal obligation which would destroy royal mail as we know and would impact on thousands of jobs i'm not sure i'm not sure uh what the impact would be because my guess is that you would do i mean if you just did monday wednesday friday That'd be one thing, but if you did a cycle like it, like in in Madison, we when I was going to school, we had a a six day cycle or something like that. So every other week, you'd go Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So every other day, you were getting your you'd be getting your mail, but it would be uh, some days it would be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and presumably your mail carrier could do one set of routes one day and once and a different set of routes the next day and keep alternating and they would just alternate every day and uh, with with informed delivery you would know when it came uh, if you look at it which I don't universal service obligation David Foley informs me so he knows what that means which is probably the you know the, the the sort of the 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 contract or the or the mandate for how the delivery is done. Thank you for that, David. Um, trading essential services for short-term savings is a slippery slope, although that's the kind of decisions we always have. Tina McKenzie, Federation of Small Businesses. It sounds like everybody's like against this, but we have to do something. Uh, and a big issue, said Melanie Dawes, the chief executive of Ofcom who did the survey said, um we're receiving half as many letters as we did in 2011 and many more parcels which i think is also the case here in the u.s although i don't get as many parcels um and so they're just looking at options this isn't something they're going to do okay and here's an article from from uh, craig huey's company but it's sebastian shaw who i don't know and this is a story about North Face's unexpected response to a customer complaint. And uh, they, the there was a viral video where a young lady from Texas, 30 years old, Texas native, decided to take a trip to New Zealand. Jennifer Jensen, and she did a TikTok because it's a really funny TikTok. I think we could. I don't think we can pull it up. I don't think that would be nearly possible. But. <laughs> but it's in the the link is here right there see that link here i think i can underline it click here to see jennifer's video and she's drenched on a hike in new zealand and she says i ordered this i ordered this uh north face jacket and it and it's supposed to be waterproof and it's not and um and here is the article that that clicks to but again i'm not going to try and but here she is making this video. She's a very, you know, good-looking young lady. There she is. And then there here she is. They actually fly helicopter up to give her a new jacket which they think is waterproof, although she asked them to redesign it which they didn't. She does have kind of a fashion model type look, I would say. Uh and and, and her her video is comical. I should have played that instead of that dopey beer commercial. But um she says, "I'm pretty sure it's raining, and I'm pretty sure that this rain jacket is not waterproof." And she wants them to redesign it, but they just felt like it was a bad one and got her a new one with a helicopter, flew it up. They, uh, in the Craig Huey article, it's or Sean's article in you know, in the Craig Huey post blog post, said that be, given the 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 speed of response and the pinpointing of her location which I don't think would be that hard um, she tells them right where to go where to put it but they suspect that this was staged but if it were staged you think they would have gone they wouldn't have they wouldn't have written the script to ask for a redesign um, since they didn't redesign it so they would have left that out of the video I think if they would have uh been doing that but I think it was Ford Motor Company found years ago that um, you were better off fixing a problem than you were creating a perfect car and so they were they would deliberately ship cars that weren't perfect and tell people to just go back to the dealer the dealers hated it um, but they dropped that program because it because somebody found out that they were doing it on purpose. I doubt that North Face did that. But it's something to think about. Okay. Now let's go over to Andrew Ettinger. And I'd play his video, but it's basically the same thing. Uh, and so we'll do it in text form. Because, you know, he takes... I mean, I got to admit. You got to admit, he just uh, upstages me. And we can't have that, right? Can't have that. David Foley tries to, but I you can't hear him. Otherwise, it would be better. It's all about the data and how you use it. And we look at data two ways. And I like this, very, very clear. That's what Andrew boils it down, better than I do. On the front end, we use data for retention and prospect mailers. I would say yes, and sort of targeting. We, we try to use data to try to narrow down our, our, uh, our target. Although the danger is in narrowing it down too far, getting too few reorders and too few new orders, right? But you got to balance that all out. I have tools for balancing it out. Feel free to give me a call. Uh, The phone number is right down below, scrolling slowly by. Thanks to David Foley, who suggested that. He also did the Join the Digital Resistance down at the bottom, below my WDMA, in case you noticed that um and so on the back end andrew says we we use data to retarget based on results of the mailers and revenue from the mailed addresses what i like is it's it's a system okay we set up a test which is where the way retargeting or the way back-end analysis makes any sense if you don't have any tests set up You get much less value out of back-end analysis. But everybody talks about measuring. With mail, you don't have to exactly measure because you know who got mailed. And so that means you can say, okay, well, let's look at who got mailed and who responded. And then you can do modeling. Well, you can't exactly because you got to look at who didn't respond. But there's a lot more didn't responders than responders, right? And we know that they were engaged because, as you know from me, right, we know who we were mailing to. We know it got delivered. We know it went to a decision maker. We know they engaged and made a decision. Could have thrown it in the trash, but they still had a look at it. Right? So they made a decision. So unlike digital that throws itself away, or mass media, that you can go up and get a beer and sit back down and up uh, you weren't even there. Uh, or you can just If you do, like, if you watch sports like I do, you know, there's so many commercials. So I keep a video handy on my phone, and I watch that during the commercials. And I mostly watch with the sound off anyway. So I can see the plays and the big action, and then I can unmute it when I want to hear the controversial comments, right? But anyway, mass media throws itself away. That billboard does not chase you down the freeway. You go buy it, and it's gone. So any, any other medium you can ignore, you can't ignore mail. It piles up. My style consultant found that out after months of lockdown. (laughs) She just, she refused to look at her mail. (laughs) Eventually you have to, you know, it just piles up. Okay. So what does, one of the most important things here that Andrew doesn't really say, but he says with all of our clients, all of our clients, why does that matter? Because Andrew sells it this way. This is the part that most printers are completely missing. They miss that they should be talking about the analysis as part of the process. You know. So many printers, I'm working with many printers, and they basically put the testing off till last. And they and they don't sell themselves as the wizards of answers. You know, with direct mail, you know who got mailed, you know the responders, but you do that with every all advertising, you know the responders. But with mail, you know the non-responders, because you know they got mail. And so you have a, a, a chance here, you have a chance to compare the responders with the non-responders who also engaged. And that means you can tune your offer. They didn't like your offer, they didn't like something, and you can... Research and experiment. So we look at what addresses created what revenue. That's the easy part. Everybody does that. All advertising tries to, well, doesn't reconnect, but it tries to figure that out. What addresses received mail? Now, the reason we we look at this is because some addresses, if you do this right, don't receive mail. Why would you do that? You'll erode your margin. Yeah, you will. You'll have less sales than you could have had but you'll also see the impact of mail directly. You can leave all the other channels go, all the other clatter and all the other racket of advertising, but you can not mail 10% of your mailing and see if they respond the same way after a month or two of not hearing from you. And inevitably, I have never seen it not work. Inevitably, the ones that you mailed will have a better response, inevitably. And you'll know exactly the value of that response, right? So if if the ones that you mail spend, even if it's $10 a piece, right? On average, average out all the sales you got from the responders, compared to, and the number you mailed, compared to those you didn't respond. I mean, no, over the whole mailing. So on average, when we mail our customers, we get $10 more response. When we don't mail them, we get, we get $10 less. We compare those two numbers. How much do, did they spend that got mailed. How much did they spend? Who didn't get mailed? And you say, okay, well, you know, if we have a 30% margin or something, that's three dollars left over at the end uh, of net profit. That means if it was a dollar mailing, we have a 300% return on investment. 300% return on investment by mailing a customer versus not mailing a customer, in spite of all of our digital advertising, but <coughs> in spite of all of our TV or billboards or or wrapper trucks or yard signs The mail still produced a 300 percent ROI and that will keep you printing so powerful okay and you can see who took action within two weeks of receiving the mail okay we'll show you how much you you spend on prospects what revenue was created from the prospects that received mail and the next month those prospects that took action will be moved to your client list brilliant Andrew is one of the few people in the world, one of the few printers I know, who's taking money back from the digital fraud. Thanks, Andrew. Have a great day. Bye-bye.